Under the leadership of that hardy woodsman, Daniel Boone, a large party set out for the new land, Kentucky. Where else come to be pretty like me? I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky Fried Chicken. Have I told you you people are crazy? This is Old Kentucky Tales, the only podcast that solemnly swears that none of our children have been looking like MacArthur in a propaganda piece. (laughs) Yeah. All right, then. Today's title is How Abraham Lincoln Won World War II. So isn't that kind of mysterious and intriguing? Mm, I don't know how he did, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure he was deceased almost 75 years That's kind of weird that it's only 75 years between those two eras, isn't it? You know, that is true. Now that I've said it out loud, it does. (laughs) I am your host, Brent Taylor. To my left is the man who never expected to be in that chair at this time, guest host Daniel Hurt. Hey, I'm here, and I'm happy to be here. I've got the flagship broadcast on Paducah 2, River City Presents, and now I'm, I'm coming over here and being the guest host for a little while. All right. It's a good show. Check it out, River City Presents. Along the way, don't forget to support the fake history sponsors who support Old Kentucky Tales. The products are real, only the sponsorship is fake. You'll like yeast this new way. Gosh, you look swell. Been eating yeast again? No, drinking it. I love Fleischmann's yeast and tomato juice, and it's so easy to mix, too. You know, I felt absolutely tops when I was eating yeast, but I didn't like the taste. Couldn't stick with it. Same here, but this new way in tomato juice gives you all the benefits of yeast plus a delicious taste. I'm staying with it this time, and twice a day, too. Nobody needs to sell me on the idea. I know how much better I feel. Maybe I'll start again. I read that yeast is one of the richest of all natural sources of the wonderful vitamin B complex, right? Certainly. It's been proved, and lots of us don't get enough. That's why it gives you that up-and-coming, going-to-town feeling. Try it out again. First thing in the morning, last thing at night, and take my word for it, you'll like what it does for you. Fleischmann's Fresh Yeast. Drink it to your health. Is that not the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? Well, I'm just, uh, you know, definitely... For sure, people talk like that to each other. <laughs> I'll tell you what there, Susan. The best thing one can do is have some yeast in your tomato soup. The, the wonderful B vitamin complex. Who drinks that? That's weird. It's hard to believe that's a thing. <laughs> it really is. is it still a thing and I just no. don't know about it? I wouldn't think so, but you never know. What are they putting it? Yeah, you know why they're putting it in something else? Because it's terrible. That's why. <laughs> there's no reason for the tomato juice they're just putting it in there to dilute it it's just like one of those stupid things people think they have to do eat all these health drinks and (laughs) you're drinking like four eggs it's just have like 14 different things in this blender and then drink that now it tastes terrible because it is (laughs) (laughs) right just drink it to your health I wonder when that would have been that would have been of what era you think that is mid 20th century so it's kind of like uh, 40s, 50s. Post-war. Yeah, I got that right strong. In there. Right in there and get that voice that sounds like your 1950s radio announcer. Get some <laughs> of that yeast in there. I mean, I make it all go away. 
Broma seltzer was kind of like that too. I think the precursor to alcohol seltzer. Just drink that; it cures all your problems. You'll be fine. <laughs> right, and this thing, I guess you're going to head off problems by having proper vitamins ahead of time. Something like that was don't, the claim. Don't forget your yeast. Whew, I don't know about all that. Now for the moment we've all been waiting for. The main event. You, of course, knew that Lincoln won the Civil War, but you probably had no idea that he won World War II. We're giving him too many things now. <laughs> right? Well, he's, he's number one or number two on the list, depending on who you ask. So he's got to have some kind of credit there. Uh, Sure. I mean, he's my favorite president, but I'm not giving credit for World War II. Maybe I can be convinced. What do you got? <laughs> All right. So we know that when you get into a big jam... Yeah. A turning situation like World War II happened to be. That you're looking for inspiration. You're trying to go back into the archives. What would George Washington say? What would he do? What would Lincoln say? What would he feel about mm-hmm. this situation? And we're going to draw that inspiration from them to help win the war. Mm. Oh, propaganda. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it wasn't just the Soviets, folks. <laughs> Wait, don't don't spoil the, the fact that we had propaganda. <laughs> All right. We got several things that we're going to look at here. These are World War II era. Some of them are government propaganda. Some of them are big corporation advertisements. But several different different things here about looking back at Lincoln, helping draw that inspiration. Mm. So this first thing, do you suppose that's MacArthur? I mean, yeah, it looks like him. Yeah, because it's a little hard to say because it's a drawing. It could just be like American soldier, a, a generic too. officer, maybe. MacArthur would say it was about him, <laughs> right? Everything is. It's, it's his possibly world. MacArthur. It's it. a. It's a little hard to say, but then over his shoulder, we have George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And then it says, they did their job, let's do ours. They met their moment in history, it's time for you to meet yours. This is your moment. You're going to have to step up, put on your stovepipe hat, or your tri-cornered hat, Mm -hmm. and go to work. Yeah. I mean, Washington helped beat the Brits, Lincoln helped us fight ourselves, and... Now you can beat some uh, Nazis and Japanese folks. Help us fight ourselves. <laughs> it's not inaccurate. <laughs> that's true. All right. So uh, moving on to you know, the that's, that's MacArthur's world. You just live in it, <laughs> right? <laughs> he did have a a definitely a flair for the dramatic. Didn't yeah. he, MacArthur? Well, I got him fired. So <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Crossed the wrong guy with that stuff. So this next thing is a quote. We're going to have a lot of quotes here, actually. Mm. As I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. This expresses my idea of democracy. Whatever differs from this, to the extent of the difference, is no democracy. Among free men, there can be no successful appeal from the ballot to the bullet. Pretty famous there. Mm -hmm. And they who take such an appeal are sure to lose their case and pay the cost. Is this the inaugural address, the second one? No, this one's a little more obscure than that. Mm. But uh, that ballot-to-bullet thing mm-hmm. is usually a, a pretty oft-quoted 
line out of it. Especially as things are often, you know, it seems like our politics today is tense and you always hear people make reference to the Civil War as like, things haven't been so bad since then, but they say that every era. So I tell you what, that Civil War talk is scary. It's like, you really don't want to be just throwing that around like that. But people do. They're just like, yeah, Civil War is on the horizon. Like, guys, it was real bad. (laughs) Yeah. 600,000 deaths, the greatest of all time. Let's not do that, please. Mm, Yeah. Be better if we could not, right? Yeah. Have to go the Henry Clay way to look back. A couple of episodes, right? Yeah, he he'd probably say something pragmatic, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we like that because you're smart." Sell out and Hamson. quit quit being nuanced and pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be president acting like that. <laughs> exactly right. I don't know. That's fascinating, though. I mean, you know, you think about you know elections we have in this country we get to go vote for who we want to as long as they run and you know you it's up to the public to decide landslide or not but you know you never worry about the dangers of violence going to vote you don't at least i hope you don't uh worry about right. getting shot going so to far vote. so good so far so good it's an experiment franklin said we you know, hopefully we can keep it. So, uh, you know, we're doing that whole keep thing right now. So <laughs> let's keep it that way. Yeah. So here's our next one. Super, super famous. We here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. That's the Gettysburg Address. 100% correct. And in this case, we're using it to remind you about December 7th, 1941. Uh-huh. Remember December 7th, it says down at the bottom. We've got our flag and tatters. That's interesting because it's like we're in this moment of crisis and, you know, we want to make sure that those who died there don't die in vain. So it's like make sure we win this fight. Win it for them. Yeah. For those that we lost. Yeah. They're kind of like the ultimate gippers. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. No, I think that's – and that's probably a really effective propaganda tool too because it's like – I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a fair comparison, but it's like after 9-11, you know, Bush going down there with the megaphone at Ground Zero and saying, right. well, they're all going to hear from us soon. I mean, you want to make sure that everybody that we lost on those terrible days uh, didn't die in vain. So the, the war effort probably was benefited from that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're looking straight back at Gettysburg right there. That was, in fact, a very common refrain in these types of posters and and so forth. And I've been to Gettysburg. It's a very powerful experience walking on that. And I call it hallowed ground, and I mean it when I say that. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Speaking of that, we've got a little bit of a maybe homage to something in that uh, realm. Same phrase, different poster. We here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. And it shows a battlefield. Yeah, and importantly, a World War II era battlefield. With the hat as an indicator, right? Yeah, that's a World War II era helmet, so we know that this is the more modern thing that we're looking at. Well, we got also, the rows of crosses. It also says War Production Coordinating Committee. So Okay, right. So you are trying to gin up the production of all kinds of stuff to throw at the axis. Now, all I'm saying, though, is, and this is all good, but if you're trying to convince me to become a soldier to fight in the war, don't show me a cemetery 
where people with crosses are buried. I don't mean to make light of this, but like <laughs> lots of people died. Come on, sign up. Is not a good pitch to me. I need to. I like the one with with fake MacArthur on there better because you know it's sort of heroic. You've got the ghost of Lincoln in Washington, sort of behind him on his shoulder, which is better than uh, you know. Look how bad this is. Come on, join. <laughs> X-Day on the uh, yeah. Ross Cray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. Of course, I guess the audience is slightly different. You're, you're saying, look, you're going to do this for these guys who are sacrificing out there. Maybe uh, you're going to sacrifice a little here on the home front. Yes, that I would prefer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, in all seriousness, though, I mean, it was probably a very powerful tool because – you know, you're talking about, you know, it's very personal when your country's attacked. And usually, at least in the past, every time that, that that's ever happened, Americans have met that challenge. Yeah, rallied together. Yeah. I mean, even after 9-11, I mean, we have our differences. Yeah. But if you remember, flags everywhere. And for a few minutes, we were all like, hey, everything's cool. We're all on the same page. Lasted about two weeks, didn't it? And then we were like, oh, yeah, I don't like you. I forgot. Maybe two months. It's the American thing, though. It's disagreement, and we yeah. can do that. Yeah, maybe just the human thing. So our next one, we have a young Lincoln, no beard. Yeah. Really more of kind of like a 45-year-old Lincoln, something like that. We've um, One of his oldest known pictures, he's about 40 years old. Congressman Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> the world cannot exist half slave and half free. Hmm. So that's one of the lines that actually got him in a lot of trouble hmm. back when he was running for president in the first place. Because immediately all the people of the South said, uh, oh, wait a minute. That means he's going to get rid of slavery. I mean, and I could see how they would deduce that. I mean, it seems pretty clear that's what he's saying. Is that a, a, I mean, <laughs> the logical conclusion. It's sort of like, a, look, guys, we got to come up with a decision here. You know, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other part of this is interesting. Half slave and half free is like the, the free world in context. Yeah. Axis. The very Western free world. And then the slave world, it's just fascinating because – Maybe they wouldn't assume that when you, when you think of the Axis, you think of slaves. But if you look at what the Nazis were up to over there, they had slave labor. They were mass oh, yeah. genocide killing people. French factory workers? We probably didn't Forced, realize Forced, conscripted? It. Yeah, we probably didn't realize it at the, at the time, maybe, of the, con- yeah. the context of it. But still, slave labor, that's fair, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. And this is an appeal to buy war bonds. So loan money to Uncle Sam... Give us money. He'll pay you back later. It'll all work out. As long as we win. When you're 100 years old, we'll keep kicking that can down the road. (laughs) Right. We're going to raise the age of paying you back. (laughs) All right. Then we have a scene from the Lincoln Memorial. We got the statue of him in the chair, and we got the, the inscription behind him. In this temple, as in the hearts of the people for whom he saved the Union, the memory of Abraham Lincoln is enshrined forever. And then our big caption, our headline is, This is America, for this we fight. And then our quote, Government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish. Mm. Not died in vain. It's not perish. We're not going to lose this war because we fight. 
Yeah, and then bigger than that is just the country. That that we've got a special design of our country, yeah. and we're not going to lose it here. Not on our watch. And in, I've been to the Lincoln Memorial, and it's a very powerful experience. It's probably my favorite, like non-White House Capitol building thing in Washington. I mean, it it really is as as wonderful as it seems. Mm-hmm. So, for folks that are listening that haven't visited our nation's capital, it's really worth seeing. And interestingly enough, he's sitting there in that chair and inscribed on the arms of the chair, yeah. R.A. Foscase. Yeah, the fascist symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back when it, it didn't have a special meaning like that. Mussolini come over, hey, he gets it. <laughs> right. Not quite. This, this is my guy. That Abraham Lincoln, I like the cut of his jib. Well, and we have those inside the Capitol chambers, too, like the Senate chamber. They just have one of those in there. <laughs> right. I remember on the tour, I was just like, hey, look at that. And nobody else cared. So. <laughs> exactly. So this is the same phrase that we're going to do on our next one, except this is a Pullman car advertisement. So the old rail cars, luxury rail cars. uh, That's just sort of saying that they support the the war effort going on. I got it. Yeah, yeah, because big business is all about this war from top to bottom. And they were sort of forced to as well because didn't the president – initiate some kind of war manufacturing there were some moves like that and then but also just public pressure yeah in this war you cannot afford to be against it and the market was probably there for that too yes yeah so that government of the people by the people for the people shall not perish same line mm-hmm. and then we're going to juxtapose it with fdr no matter what it takes no matter what it costs we will keep open the line of legitimate commerce in these defensive waters. So they're saying, look, we're going to produce all the stuff we possibly can. When would this have been? Uh, This is probably around 42-ish. Yeah. So two of the best presidents we ever had. We we got them uh, juxtaposed. And that's not going to be the only time in some of these things. But a new freight car every four and a half minutes. They're bragging about how they're keeping the war machine turning. Look at us go. Yeah. Yeah. Very common to see that. Can't can't help but like benefit yourself while also trying to fight the war. It's like, <laughs> we're the best ones to do it. We're the best mechanics in the war machine. Let's go. Indeed. Same theme. Hmm. Different poster hmm. that they shall not perish from the earth. So we've taken it, we've done a little riff on it. All right, not the Refug- exact quote. Refugee Relief Trustees, Inc. I don't, I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, so it looks like a, maybe like a non-government uh, kind of thing where they're helping war refugees. So these are like Eastern Europeans or something that's... Possibly, yeah. And so they're saying, look, we don't want these particular people to perish from the earth. Yeah. And we're... Just kind of channeling Lincoln there. Look, she got a kid. We want to save the children. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Always. This next one is a political cartoon. Whoa. So we got FDR again. And we got Churchill. 
but I don't know why he's there. But. Uh, well, because it's the Atlantic Charter. And they're saying that this is the two-year anniversary of the Atlantic Charter, which was basically just a big joint statement between England and, and America that we don't mm. like what the Nazis are up to. And that was probably easy we're going to stand too. up against that kind of stuff. That's probably easy to conclude. Kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. But it is, it's kind of a, a big milestone document on the road to World War II for America. And this is coming out in support of it. And it's saying, you know what? Lincoln would approve of this. In fact, it is a second emancipation proclamation. I, I just find that fascinating because what would – because the emancipation is a war document that says that, that, that the that, – slaves are contraband that's to be confiscated so it's kind of like treating the slaves of world war ii that way sort of like we disapprove of it though we can't directly operationally control what you're doing yeah it's got shades of that yeah. where you're just saying for the record this is bad <laughs> this is really bad stuff fascism nazis bad yeah and you got lincoln knowingly approving of this nodding behind FDR and Churchill. Boy, if you walk that around and people are like, I don't know if I'm going to sign that, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> oh, this next thing's fascinating. We have an article in Collier's Magazine mm. penned by Eleanor Roosevelt. Miss Franklin D. Roosevelt. Look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mrs. Franklin D. Roosevelt, because that's how names worked back then. Her name is Eleanor. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's my modern 21st century man here. Sorry. Right, right, right. And the title, we are borrowing from Lincoln once again, to care for him who shall have borne the battle. Yep. And um, it actually says it there, it's, that's from his second inaugural address. Yep, that's the, um, uh, oh, what is it that that's bind up our wounds yes, among us? Yeah. exactly right. Yep, that's exactly that same section that that's from. And what she's doing in this case is she's visiting wounded warriors. Because President Roosevelt is sort of physically limited in his ability to travel. And, she and he's did a busy. Lot, and she did a lot of that for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's definitely out front. In fact, this is not the only article like this that you'll find. Probably, probably one of the first first ladies to really represent the president abroad or out like that, I would think. That's interesting. I don't want to think about that, but he's, she's definitely a big example of it. I suppose Edith Wilson. Running the country. Uh, (laughs) That might be the other one from that part of the century. But yeah, sure enough. We are channeling Lincoln here. It shows everybody involved, like even the spouses are participating in the the effort. Yep, sure enough. All one big team. This next thing is interesting. It is a power company advertisement. Yeah. And it says, what is America fighting for? Protection of property. There was a whole series of these. But this one in particular referenced Lincoln. Mm. One of the essentials of a democracy. Protection of property. Abraham Lincoln said property is the fruit of labor. Property is desirable. Let not him who is houseless pull down the house of another, but let him work diligently and build one for himself. Thus assuring that his home be safe from violence when built. On this philosophy of protected property rights, Americans have built America. They have successfully defended this precious principle for more than 300 years. 
And then it's going to go on to say that the axis is bad and this is this is why we're fighting. That's really fascinating because, like, I don't know, taking from others, I guess that's sort of uh, invasions of other countries. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the, the bridge that they're crossing yeah. there. Okay. Well, that's fascinating because, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess I sort of internally understood that you know, in a war, territory is going to be claimed, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're spelling it out, which is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then finally, we have our juxtaposition again. Mm-hmm. We got FDR. We got Washington. We got Lincoln. The big three. They really are. So with Roosevelt here, December 8th, 1941, with confidence in our armed forces, With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph, so help us God. That is from the infamy speech. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're saying, okay, well, what did Washington do in his time? Remember, officers and soldiers, that you are free men fighting for the blessing of liberty, that slavery will be your portion, and that your posterity if you do not acquit yourselves like men hmm. so you lose you're going to become slaves yeah or worse or, or he didn't worse. mention that part yeah or worse. dead perhaps yeah continental army 1776 and then finally Lincoln. early in the war too yeah very early finally lincoln let us have faith that right makes might and in that faith let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. Hmm. 1860. Serve your country. Do your part. And right now you're going to do your part here in World War II. The stakes are high. Make it count. Yeah. I like that. No, I mean, definitely propaganda, but, but yes. Yeah. And that's how Lincoln won World War II. By serving as a source of inspiration. Yeah, I and mean, you know, people that World War II generation, though, if you watch them in interviews or talk to them, they're just like Abraham Lincoln's, like the greatest guy ever, you know. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do I have to give him credit now? Ah, uh, <laughs> you don't have to. That's kind of a stretch. <laughs> you're not. You're not uh, honor bound to do that. By the way. <laughs> So, we can pay some bills. Yeah. And our sponsor for this portion of the program is Liebig Company's Extract of Beef. That just sounds okay. <laughs> yeah, so. it's a, it, we're already off to a bad mm. start, aren't we? The word extract. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's made from the best parts only mm-hmm. of the best cattle. Mm-hmm. Reared expressly for this purpose by the Liebig Company on their extensive fertile grazing fields in Uruguay. Sure. <laughs> you don't think that you think they're actually from Texas? Oh, I'm just saying the extract is a problem. So. Uh, oh yeah, we're we have not yet begun to extract. That's true. The greatest care and strictest cleanliness prevail in every department of the company's works, which are under the constant supervision of their own chemists. This vigilance and looking after every detail, beginning with the cattle on the hoof and extending to the finished product in the jars, is one secret of the reputation and success 
of the world-known Liebig Company's extract of beef. Unapproachable in odor. <laughs> that's, that's awful by itself. Unapproachable no in odor, odor, fine flavor, and wholesomeness. Keeps perfectly anywhere. And what are you going to do with this extract? It is for delicious, refreshing beef tea. No. No. <laughs> no way. No, no, no. No. Aside from the fact that you can't have beef. Yeah, I can't eat beef. But but beef tea? I have no idea why that's a thing, what they were doing. beef stock. That's all that is. <laughs> but you call it tea and voila, marketing genius. It's just beef stock. <laughs> That's what they should say. Hey, you want to drink some beef stock? Come on down to Liebig. Hundred <laughs> percent correct. We have now turned to the final page of this chapter with our beef tea. Mm. But old Kentucky Tales never fails to return. You can download more episodes at several different platforms. Actually, NPR One is always a good one. If you like what you hear, please leave a review or rate us. Special thanks to WKMS, our producer, Todd Birdsong, guest host, Daniel Hurt, the Paducah School of Art and Design, West Kentucky Community and Technical College, and the rest is history. History.